everybody, I uh, just wanted to take a moment before we get started to let you know that this episode of RIYL is brought to you by HostGator. Uh, as you know, getting a short, memorable domain name can be a bit of a challenge. .NET has a lot of great options. Uh, HostGator also offers 24 by 7 by 365 phone, chat, and email support if you need help anytime, night or day. You can give them a call. Uh, and if you go over to HostGator and enter R-I-Y-L, you, uh, you'll get an extra 25% off of everything, and um, you'll help us uh, uh, stay in the mansion that podcasting has afforded us. Uh, without further ado, here's, uh, here's the episode. Enjoy. You tell me, obviously, you know the, the, the city a lot better than I do, but it just... And maybe maybe it's because when I come here, I spend all this time around the Mesa, but it, it just seems like it, this is kind of a hard place to be a vegetarian in. It definitely depends on uh, where, you, where you are in the city, and you're definitely not in a um, hip yeah. part of town. Yeah. Around here, it's pretty easy. I mean, there's like a whatever... Bio store right over there, like, which is like a Whole Foods essentially, and every I mean, this is a pretty touristy kind of area, so lots of people come through here. Like, we, you know, we rode past a. Uh, it wasn't open yet because I definitely would have made you stop there, Todd. But we rode past what's going to be a vegan crepery, which just, just sounds like the hipsteriest thing. There is actually a, a lot of uh, vegan stuff in Berlin, and it's kind of mirrors. I mean, as far as the whole, like, nutritional aspect of, of, uh, of vegetarianism yeah. and, you know, and, and, and veganism, there's a lot of vegan junk food here. There's tons of fast food. You can yeah. get, like, a vegan hamburger anywhere. You can, like, get vegan french fries, vegan, you know, pizza slices. You can. It's just, like, they really... Um, I mean, maybe it's play, maybe it's playing on on this like you know that's what you're really missing is the instant gratification or that like I just want to go you know you know buy a pastry or, or you know yeah well there's always there's there's that constant um, attempt to uh, kind of mimic meat <laughs> you know in the and if you're mimicking meat I think you're like you're it's a bad you're going yeah. on a bad song you know the people who are like I'm I'm a you know I'm a vegetarian or a vegan but I just like eat vegan hamburgers all the time it's like they're trying to you know, they have an ideal that they can't replicate eventually they're going to go back so you've been in, in Berlin for four years yeah I lived here a little more than four years yeah. what, what brought you here uh, kind of just ended up here I mean I always I liked it here I always liked it here yeah. I started visiting Berlin a pretty long time ago for, for book stuff or just well, I, my mom is German, okay. and so I had a connection to Germany. I can speak German. Uh, when I was a kid, I visited Germany a lot, uh, but I had a totally different relation to it because it was with the family relation, and, and like uh, you know. So and and uh, then when I um, experienced it as a pseudo adult in a band, it was like a totally different hmm. world because it was like this tunnel into. The alternative German culture, which is like, um, when you come from the American context, it's really intense because it's really political and it's really uh, pronouncedly that way, and yeah. like you, you know, and you 
you can sort of play in these music venues that are that seem really alternative and have these you know it's not like a rock club but it really seems to represent these other kinds of values so that was really exciting to me and that was like sort of how I perceived it and Berlin is just a cool city I mean it just has it's you know a lot of people want to be here because it's cheap and it's fun and it's um, it has a lot going on but it doesn't really have a lot of industry or work there's not a lot of jobs and so you have to you have to uh, you know so there's like a lot of a lot of artists and bohemians hanging around and there's not a lot of like actual um, upward mobility so it doesn't give you the same kind of uh, go-getter like stress that maybe a place like New York does that, that's I, I, that's surprising to hear just because you know I, I think about Germany from an outsider you know, just the fact that it's one part of the, the the EU that's doing really well, right? I mean, they're the right. ones who are kind of keeping the euro afloat. So sure. you would assume that it's an industrious place, but Berlin is not. Berlin is this kind of strange anomaly in Germany, and I mean, I, you know, because it was. Uh, I mean, I I can't speak as an expert on it or anything, but but you know, it was it was like an island. Yeah. For you know, through, through the Cold War, it was yeah. like not. It wasn't like. It was like the place people like you know weirdos would go there who didn't want to deal with the draft and stuff like that and, and it was it was um, not you know it was like a different you were you know you were in a different uh, political classification as a citizen if you were like a, a West Berliner yeah. and so it wasn't uh, it wasn't like the capital of Germany like it is now and yeah. like it was before but it was sort of like this it was like living in New Zealand or something you know and so it kind of has this and I think that pervades still somewhat is this kind of like um, it's a little not disconnected from the rest of reality and it's very self-referential and people are people it's, it's easy to get kind of lost in a, in, in, in a bubble here. yeah it's, 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 it's a new city I mean this, you know, this part yeah. is yeah. a new city yeah. at least this is totally this is like where we're, we are right now is like totally different than you know yeah. it's uh, it was 20 years ago yeah, it's strange because there's like this one, on the one hand, there's this like, everything's moving forward and there's this, this kind of, well, there's a tension because um, the past is so present, yeah. you know, and everybody is... I mean, like you're, you're walking past the wall just on a daily basis, right? Yeah, it's right over here, yeah. you know, this is like right where the, this is, the, this is right where the, you know, the edge of, of East Berlin yeah. was. And they don't go, and, 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 you know, one of the things that, that I appreciate is they don't go out of their way to kind of mask that past, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, to be ashamed of, about, you know? There's mostly, I mean, that's the strange thing is, is that there's mostly, like, uh, there's not a lot of, it's mostly, like, shame, you know, memorials of uh, stuff that went wrong, yeah, systems that failed. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, it, it people, failed pretty badly. There's well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, several in a row. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, I mean, and yeah, of course, people are really aware of that, and it's not like it's the past, you know, like the, uh, the past isn't, isn't dead, it's not even past. Yeah, I, I certainly had expectations in, in terms of, um, you know, I, I guess the way that I thought that, that Germans would, would treat that. Um, I, I, was in, I was in Cologne um, last year, I had, I had a weird experience. I ran into um, Art Spiegelman, the cartoonist. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're, I run into him on the street. He's doing a thing that night. Um, 
it's like a big retrospective. They're doing one of the, the big museums down there. And, um, he was showing off uh, a- after um, <coughs> after the Muhammad cartoons that had come out. Yeah, yeah. And there, were the big, there were the big riots. Uh, <coughs> ah- Ahmadinejad had done a um, Holocaust denial cartoon contest that Art Spiegelman entered. Oh. So they're showing these cartoons up on the screen, and, and everyone's laughing. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting how. You can turn these. Yeah, well, not not even that, but but the the reaction of the audience that you know that I that I guess maybe the, maybe it's not shame so much in the, in the current generation because they they feel a, a good amount of distance from from that, and this might be the first generation that I think really really feels that distance in Germany. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe not as much in Berlin because the wall is still fairly recent. Well, I think that it's. I mean, in some way that's true, uh, but it's not that it is not. Neutri- it's not that it's neutralized in the society at all. Uh, there, I think that maybe there's a generation of people that. Um, I mean, you know, you basically have the the Nazi generation, and then the generation after that, you know, that were there, where their parents were Nazis, that were like, okay, we're we we need to actively try to deal with that, and you know get away from it or what you know and then you have the kids of those people who um, uh, and then you have the kids of those people who are like the current generation that are uh, I don't know which one I don't know. this is the I think that's the heifer vice that's the yeah. yeah it is cloudy yeah. there we go alright sorry no problem yeah gotta work on the beer I can't drink the, I can't drink beer and coffee at the same time because and because I have a rule that if I do that I have to evaluate my life to make sure that everything is okay it's it's so. it's afternoon so that's yeah, it's drinking just, time I can get around the, I can. there's a loophole where I can do one after the other yeah. Yeah. but you if I can't can. Wait. Yeah. If it's like I, if it's like I need coffee and beer right now at the same time, and it's like what's going on? That was the thing. That was the first. The first time I ever came through Germany, that, that was the thing that really shocked me about the airports is how early people are drinking in the airports. Man, it's in this society in general. It's fairly shocking when you're used to like the. You know, when I go back to the U.S., I'm actually sort of like it's. I'm like, oh, this is like a repressive puritanical society. You can't drink outdoors. You can't walk down the street drinking. But there is really seriously like you see some shit that is like hidden in the in the U.S. Like the people who start drinking at eleven in the morning, hmm. you know, like guys in suits on the train drinking a beer on the way to work, you yeah. know, and they don't have to like hide it, you know, yeah. and and or teenagers, you know, like when like the, like uh, they do this thing where they buy a crate of beer and they just like walk around, you know, drinking it until they got empties and they get the recycling money and get another crate, you know, and I mean you just see like people acting obliterated in public just alcoholism from like 15 and you also see yeah. yeah and you see like old guys that are like you know the, it's also like the, the way the state runs they just they don't it's not like you get food stamps and you can only buy food you get like a, you know you get like unemployment allotment yeah and every time it goes up the you know there's like the 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 tabloid paper is like oh yeah more money for cigarettes and beer you know and but it's like there are people who are just like Cool. I can, you know, I can, I can start in the morning. It's really good beer, though. <laughs> it's good, and it's so all pervasive. Yeah. Angela Merkel was just like criticized because you know it's election season right now, and I she have was, the posters are everywhere. She was the first uh, chancellor to visit the concentration camp Dachau, 
and then she was criticized for like not waiting long enough before she went to like the beer tent, which was like the next stop, you know, on her thing. But I could see, I could see. But it's that. just like I scheduling. Mean, you know? Yeah, it's just scheduling. I mean, it, it was somebody's fault. That was bad scheduling. On <laughs> right, right. Somebody, somebody got <laughs> yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's also part of it is just the. I haven't thought like, you know, after the after the reformed alcoholic George W. Bush, mm-hmm. you know, it was surprising. Dry drunk is, I think, what we surprising to me. Okay. <laughs> Who knows, man? He was always like slipping and like having. He always had like bruises yeah. on his face. Yeah. But then now you see Obama, you know, drinking beer the, in, yeah. a, in the photo op with the beer. That's what it's like here. It's just no. I've I've never met anybody that was an Alcoholics Anonymous or it was. I think it would be in, weird. in Germany. I've never met a German person that was like a reform, like a that was like I'm an alcoholic. I have a problem, so I stopped. I mean, I don't. I'm sure there are those people, but it's just not visible. And it, I think it would be really lonely to live here if you were a non-drinker. If you didn't drink, I think it would be. It's just so ingrained in the. In the it's just like everybody drinks, and you have that myth of like Europeans start younger, so they like can handle it, which maybe that's true in like Italy or like the Mediterranean countries, but in Germany, people like they can drink a lot and they get. Like they they have they're repressed so they have to like let it loose. I, I I don't know if that applies to the British. I mean, I, you know, every 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 Irish and British person I've known, they can't necessarily handle their liquor. They just drink a lot. Yeah, of British it. people are also they don't really like. They're not like yeah, you know, I got it out of my system and now I drink like yeah, you know, a one one beer a night. Yeah. Well, that, there's something to be said for that, right? Of, you know, doing that early. Yeah, but it, the thing—it's just a question of if you get it out of your system. And there definitely is something yeah. to be said for it because in the U.S. it's terrible, like the you know the college yeah. culture and stuff like that. It's just you get out of you get out of your parents' house and and it's, it's like, like anything else. Yeah, it's terrible. You go crazy. So so, are you um, are you playing music out here? Uh, I've been playing in a band and playing a little bit of music by myself. Yeah. I sort of stumbled into the band. I kind of decided I didn't want to play any music when I moved here because it was a waste of time. This is where people move to play music, right? This here? Is, I don't know. It's the, well, the David Bowies and the Lou Reeds of the world. Well, no, they. I think they move here to like get away from, from some from problem drunk. in their life yeah. and then the music yeah. is just incidental. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I... I uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't make an active effort to pursue music. I guess when I was when I got here, but it, it kind of found me. How does how does music find you? So people ask me to play okay. music with them, which That's is cool. Which is which is cool. To, yeah. To. Um, if that's a good dividend to get from playing music, you know what I mean? Like as far as people who who. Uh, I think it's kind of a lot of musicians get embittered and like hmm. you know it's not a there's too many musicians so they're like interchangeable so they're not, not treated well as a class of people and uh, and for me I'm kind of I mean I don't consider myself a very um, accomplished musician uh, so I feel like I'm pretty lucky that I'm I'm uh, you know people continue to, to literally recognize me you know and, and be like you sh- we should play music because then that, I get to keep doing that and that's from music or is that from your writing as well uh, I mean that's a different I mean I, I think people probably want to play music 
with, I mean, people want to, whatever you show that you can do, people like want you to do it, I guess. So, you know, I'm lucky too that I have, uh, that I, I mean, in the same way, I'm lucky that I have opportunities to publish writing, yeah. you know, and that's not based on, you know, I never, I didn't move to New York. I didn't uh, make any connections. So I yeah. just, I just, uh, to me, every, every uh, chance I get is like this, um, crazy bonus that seems like so unlikely to have happened are, are you are you still more or less publishing the way that you've been publishing over the years or are you I mean you're with um, you were with AK for a while is that no PM Press I did okay, a one okay. book with them yeah uh, and uh, well I don't know as far as putting stuff out writing stuff um, what am I doing I guess yeah how you know are, are you making a living as a writer I guess is the question I mean, it's, Berlin's a reasonably cheap place to live as far as big cities go. Am I making a living as a writer? It would be un... Uh, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be really fair to say that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm doing enough to keep the um, employment office off my back, which is, which is like the... You know. So I am actually producing a fair amount of writing, and my motor to do it is that I'm trying to fake that I'm a writer to fool the authorities here but so incidentally it's actually working to stay out. in the country no I have citizenship so yeah. I um, am allowed to stay in the country but you know I, as a like freelance writer I have to show that I'm doing something and that I make some income and then I'm like in the safety net or you know I can get them to pay for my health insurance it's. I mean, do you have, are there are there grand plans as as a writer? To you know, I mean, are, are you just going to keep are you going to keep doing sort of memoir stuff? Are you working on a novel or anything like that? I just published a book in German that is a, that is a novel, and but it's, um, a, I mean, it's like I I I sort of reformulated my some of my older English texts mm-hmm. into the, the novel form. Because that's what the publisher wanted. It was interesting because I uh, <laughs> thought about the form and not the content. You know, I, I had the content already, and mm. so it was just. I mean, thinking about how to put together 200 pages of yeah. something and make it coherent was a so interesting kind exercise. of editing it down then. Or? Yeah, or, or or making it coherent that it, yeah. that it chronological or. Uh, but so it's, I mean, it's still memoir, so it's not really a novel per se. They're just novel in format. Yeah, I mean, I guess I fictionalize it a little, but I, but I think that the whole, um, that whole classification is a little bit. I mean, I never really thought about it in terms of. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I always was pretty intuitive about writing, so I guess a lot of stuff I've done could be classified as journalism or yeah. journalistic or as novelistic. Or as memoir, or as uh, I don't know, whatever. And um, it doesn't it doesn't really um, it doesn't see, I, I don't really feel like it's very appealing to just make stuff up because uh, <laughs> there's enough because there's enough real stuff yeah. that it seems like. Uh, I don't know. It seems like, um, well, uh, actually, Chris Ware, the cartoonist, was, was sure. talking about. Yeah. I, I saw him speak, and he was talking about how he felt like writing without the drawing part would be like too ungrounded. Like if you could just write, and you didn't have the drawing to slow you down, 
then you could just like go anywhere. And if you like, could do this crazy you know, thing that like, everybody else does, if you could just make it yeah. up instead of having to actually draw it, then it would yeah. just be too easy, and you'd be like making up stuff that's like you know you just go anywhere yeah. you know, instead of having to be like, well, okay, if it's going to be a house, I got to draw the house, you know. And I kind of feel like fiction has that like if you can just make it up and then it's just be any like what's the you know. That's good though, right? I mean. Well, and the trick anywhere? is when you can make it up and people will believe it. I guess yeah. it's a believable fiction. You don't want to write about spaceships. Yeah, I don't know. If I was, well, see, that's the thing. If I was going to do fiction, probably there would, I mean, why, why not have spaceships? Sure. And then you're just off into genre fiction. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and then, and then I have to start thinking career-wise. Is, is moving into science fiction? See, now you're saying bracket. now you're saying the word career. I mean, do, do yeah, you, but I'm saying it ironically. Okay. <laughs> You don't, do you, you don't think about anything in terms of career? Uh, well, no, I don't, I mean, I don't, well, I don't know what it means exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, you know, when people ask me, like, what I do, I'm, like, I'm a writer and musician, and I think that kind of, like, communicates, like, you know, when you hear somebody say that, you kind of are like, oh, you, you basically... Don't, don't take either one very seriously. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to communicate because yeah. I don't take either one very seriously. I mean, I enjoy doing them both, but I uh, don't... Um, I, you know, I feel like I have a, a sort of correct sense of my small place in the universe. Mm. And there's no... It's just going to be an exercise in frustration for me to, like, think about my legacy or my, you know, impact or anything like that. And, so, and then thinking about it on that purely I mean when you say career and you mean it in terms of is it a, am I doing something that's financially viable for survival yeah I guess you career know, then I'm like well even that you know I can't even be like you know even on a, statistic, a pure number basis like how many sold or whatever yeah. I don't think that I look too good but on a on a um, on a React, you know, on a like personal reaction or like people talking to me, realizing that that it has somehow affected people or yeah. whatever. You came to find me in in, in uh, you know my neighborhood in Berlin where I like have hid myself away. Yeah, you know, so that means something, I guess. You know, and yeah, and there's something to be said for having as many people read your stuff as possible, right? I mean, isn't that is that a good thing? I know there's yeah, I mean, a bit I, of a punk rock the ethos of maybe keeping it underground. But. Yeah, but that ethos is not. I mean, the thing is, people misunderstand that as a. That's like a. Um, that's like a. a uh, keeping it underground is about keeping the means of production in your own hands and keeping. Uh, you know, and, you know, like do it yourself is like a lot about like. Well, I'm not going to wait around for somebody to put this out for me because yeah. I just want it to be out there. It's not, to me anyway, it's not about this, like, limited edition, like, but, only 30 people should, should like, get this. But, we've all, I mean, we've all been in that spot where, you know, I don't know, a band we really like or an artist we really like kind of blows up. And, and then everybody likes it. it, it. Right, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that person, but it, it kind of makes things less special in, in a way. Yeah, but I think that is, I mean, the... I don't think that that's like a purely psychological like oh now that everybody likes it I don't like it I think what actually happens is a lot of times when people have that kind of success 
it changes their audience, sure. changes their perception Populism. of themselves and who they have to please, yeah. and so they change. And as a person that's like into their old stuff, yeah. you're disappointed by that because you liked it the way it was when you heard about it, you know. And and I think that's that's like a, a legitimate gripe in sure. a way. But fortunately, I don't have that problem. So I'm, I'm still underground. Yeah, I mean, you're you're uh, you're certainly a, a good enough writer that you know. I, I think if you if you wanted that. If you, if you wanted a, you know, if you wanted a bigger publisher, if you want to be out there, it's something you can you can achieve with a little bit of work, right? Well, I have the. Um, I kind of want to write. I I feel like I have had. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't have a, a high sense or a high regard for my own mm. abilities, and I only uh, have any sense of that from. Uh, I don't know, the, you know. It seems like I have gotten a good reaction to stuff I've written. Yeah. But if, uh, I, don't know, I also don't really have the. You know, I think a lot of the format thing is I don't have the same. When I started off writing, it was really like this. I was in playing in bands and I was touring a lot and I was like wanted to get. I was just encountering all these people mm-hmm. and I wanted to like connect somehow more than just. You know, like it's frustrating to just be in a room of thirty people, fifty people, twenty people, you know, night after night, and you're just like, there they are, now they're gone. So it was just like I just wanted to get something out, you know, to be like, hmm. here's me, you know. It's and funny though, like the act of writing isn't really the act of connecting. I mean, because you're, you're, it's a very solitary act. Yeah, but it's all moving towards this uh, moment, this imagined moment yeah. when someone's going to read it and connect to it, just like the way band practice is moving towards this imagined moment where you get up on stage and everything's in tune and you play perfectly as if it just happened out of nowhere. Yep. You know? And so, you know, and, um, but uh, the whole, I mean, I think my, I think that basic urge that I translated, you know, in, in analog times into, like, you know, self-publishing mm-hmm. is now pretty much uh, electronically mediated and even the idea of, um, you know, so it ups the ante for the physical object because it's no longer necessary. And yeah. so it seems like if you're going to do something physical, it should be, it has to be like a little bit more like worth cutting down the trees for. And yeah, so I've, you know, we, we've seen that a lot in, in zine culture. I mean, obviously there's a lot of still kind of, you know, basic photograph stuff, but, you know, people are... I think more than ever, taking the time to screen print things and just make yeah, really but beautiful z- products. zines are getting more. Uh, you know, it's like less like you know, like nobody wants to see the like thrown together. Like I did this in five yeah. seconds thing. You want to have like a nice. You know, it's it's like uh, every every form. Every, you know, every communicative or art form starts yeah. off functional and ends up as art. You know, and it's like yeah. because as as it goes out of, as it becomes unnecessary, as it becomes like something that's like not you know it has no function except to be you know aesthetic you know it's like you know movies became art when tv came in tv is now art because the internet is here you know it's like if i'm going to look at a shitty zine i might as well just look at a shitty website well if you're gonna yeah yeah it's like if you if you're just gonna make a blog and print it then you know why bother and so people are have this like yeah but you know check out the paper quality check out you know yeah i mean to me like because i'm more into uh, content than form, maybe. Well, that's not true, but I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like the idea of 
um, putting out a book is like um, that, that it's a, a different way of conveying like a lot like that there's something to having like you know a, a large amount of connected information rather than like here's my 300 words on this Hey everybody, I uh, just wanted to interrupt things for a second to remind you that this episode of R-I-Y-L is brought to you by HostGator.com. Uh, if you need a website, if you need a blog, HostGator.com has you covered. They offer uh, premium hosting at low prices and um, you know you can grab a .net over there while you're there. Um, it's important to get everything with uh, like all the all the suffixes, all the top level domains you can you can possibly get for for your website. Uh, go over to hostgator.com and enter uh, the code R I Y L, and you'll, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get 25% off. It's a win win. It's a win for you. It's cheaper. You get cheaper websites, and it's a win for me uh, because uh, I can keep doing this podcast. It's a tough economy, guys. Government shut down. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm wondering if I'm, I'm wondering forever, or at least like in our lifetimes, if we're going to get to the point where we're not going to have those bookshelves. I mean, they continue to be important, right? It continues to be important to have like records and books and stuff that you're you're putting in your apartment. We won't. We won't get to that point in our lifetime, and maybe even our kids. But eventually, I think. I mean, I think it's already kind of on the way out. I work at an elementary school. I do like a comics drawing class yeah. at an elementary school here, and uh, and uh, I already noticed that kids are not interested in. I mean, it's also different kinds of kids, you know. It depends on their parents. If you know, my my parents had you know bookshelves full of books. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I got into it too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of you know, I think that's less. Well, I don't know. I think. It's hard to say whether it's less going to... You know, reading is obviously not going out. And I think people are pretty attached. It's a pretty efficient format book, you know. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I noticed at, at one point that um, one of your books is, is on the Kindle. Oh, yeah, that could be maybe the... Um, maybe the... Uh, Press one, but that's yeah. okay with me. I mean, I no, no, I'm good. not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying that you know, if you want to talk about efficiency, I mean, that's it's a pretty efficient yeah. To me, that's just purely like a like a kind of a you know, new technology freaks me out kind of thing. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I personally, you know, I see it on the subway. Like, yeah. you know, some people are reading a paperback. Some people have their tablet, and it's like to me, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Well, but, I had a really, I had a, I had a funny conversation with a. I, I had a layover between uh, Amsterdam and Berlin, and I was sitting next to a Canadian guy, and he, he was very chatty, was a Canadian guy, mm-hmm. and he he commented on the fact because I had a I had a paper book <laughs> and I had the Kindle because below ten thousand feet you can't pull out the electronics. So I was going back oh. and forth, and he thought that was he thought that was hilarious. That I was I was you, know, you waited so, until you were high enough. Yeah, it was just that you know that I, that I um I guess I'm sort of like platform agnostic when it comes to that. Yeah, that's the way to, that's the way to be. Platform hypnosis. Yeah, but but yeah. I mean you know I still I've still got a lot of books on my shelf. I'm, I, I I don't know why I don't always most except for it's like in comics I'll go back and read comics, but the and the occasional book, but the vast majority of them I'm not going to go back and read really. It was like a weird thing when I moved here actually, and I thought about uh, you know they they got rid of uh, surface mail, the U.S. Post Office, and now it's just incredibly expensive to ship stuff overseas, yeah. and I have all this. You know, basically, my possessions are um, paper, uh, records, and books. Yeah. And 
So, and I, and I was like, well, what, what do I want to bring over here? And I realized the books, like basically, if somebody comes over to my apartment and they start looking at the bookshelf, just like having like the five books that I've gotten since I was here, it was like totally like, oh man, I can't, I need to just have the representational bookshelf that like someone can scan and like make judgments about me. Like, I don't know, I think it used to be the records would have been more important. Now I just feel like, you know, and so I shipped, yeah. I paid to get all these books over here that I've already read just to be like, I own it. Here it is on the shelf. That's yeah. a good exercise, though. That's a good exercise of, of um, like, moving to a different part of the world. The fir- you know, what five books do you buy to put on a shelf to represent yourself? Right. It's a desert island thing, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it would have been hard for me to move in the in the pre-digital age with music it's, yeah. it's so much easier when you can just carry music easier yeah I don't yeah I mean, maybe it's just because you know I, I kind of came up in a time with CDs but you know I've definitely got my, my uh, I've got a fair amount of vinyl but it's I, I just don't fetishize CDs at all I, they seem like people don't they, yeah. you know that was kind of the downfall of the of the form because if you you know it's like it's like the A-track too like no one People yeah. just never got to like I collect these, but even like tapes, people sort of hold just on to them. This globs way. of plastic, right? <laughs> you have on your wall. Yeah, it's just plastic. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to talk to you actually um, on, on on the topic of music because I had seen you actually I've seen you a couple times at speaking of Desert Island at Desert Island in, in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Okay. And um, I think the first time you, I saw you speak there, you talked about the punk scene in Berlin, which I thought was fascinating what um I'm, I'm trying to remember the specifics of the story that you told but just kind of you know uh, punk as this kind of underground movement I you know in kind of, I guess the 80s you know when, when the wall was still up oh in East German yeah in East Germany oh yeah I should show you the, the little uh, plaque that's up is there a punk there's a plaque up by the grocery store house because it's like the street used to be Totally squatted, and yeah. it was like where, like, Feeling B, which was uh, one of the, which was the, the big, it was the only punk band that had a official record out on the, on the East German, on the communist label. The only label. East German punk band that Feeling matters. Feeling B, they, they were, you know, I think somebody from the band went on to, to be in Rammstein, Rammstein, oh. or whatever the hell they're called. And, uh, and well, it, it, it kind of makes sense, but but anyway, yeah. So they have this like, it looks, it's like a photo. It looks like a like a house show in New Jersey but it's like in this like squatted building and they have this official like peaceful revolution plaque with this photograph in front of the grocery store now where the squat used to be Ich glaube nicht you guys smoke smokers the yeah it's um, surprising how that was uh, I don't know I mean I got I kind of got you know, when I was a teenager, I thought punk was serious and important. And then, like, I got older, and I was like, didn't think it was it was so yeah. serious. The music is still good. But the music is good, but it's not, you know. But then, but then uh, in East Germany, punk was pretty serious because it was like a lot more, you know, or in in, in um, the, the behind the Iron Curtain generally. Serious, like it was dangerous, or yeah, like it was totally illegal. Yeah. You could go to jail for having that kind of haircut. You know, people risked stuff yeah. for. For uh, going to shows, you know, friend, you know, friends of mine in Czech uh, Czech Republic talk about, you know, 
driving two hours to go to Leipzig to a show that they got there and like you know it was shut down and the cops were there and that's like your punk rock weekend you know and uh, you know or like you know the you know, freedom to listen to music you know stuff that seems like corny yeah to somebody who grew up with total freedom to listen to yeah. music yeah so it's I mean it's I, I've not listened to it I mean does it sound like what I what I would assume you know an 80s hardcore band sounds yeah like? all 80s hardcore is like the exact it's it's like this kind of strange template that it's like because of maximum rock and roll because of you know the, the they didn't get did they, they didn't get that in East Germany they? no but it was like the mat but it was like this you know the guy it was like that it's really like standardized and worldwide popularized I mean it was pretty it, you know they they were sort of globally distributed and really I think did a lot to to yeah. um, shape this kind of musical form that like literally anybody can do yeah. within like three weeks of picking up yeah. guitar which is which is a nice thing to have here in East Berlin yeah, to, to have I mean, minimal you know rehearsal time and I don't know what the I, I don't I'm not really that familiar with the, with the yeah. bands and stuff so I don't I can't I can't really speak to it and I can't really understand like all the hardcore bands that I liked in the 80s sound good to me but any one that I didn't hear in the 80s just yeah. is like I just don't get it you know? it sounds I mean when you, it sounds like a 15 year old yelling <laughs> a lot have of you, them you know and you, have you ever seen that movie American Hardcore mm-hmm. the documentary and it's like you see like five seconds of every yeah. band that you yeah. or every band that I ever heard of yeah oh, and it's like oh that's what they sound like yeah. oh that's what they sound like yeah. oh that's what they sound like and yeah and it's I mean yeah yeah, that's what it's it was. It was, you know, with with some, you know, as much as I love a lot of those bands, you know, with this, with some exceptions like you know, the Minutemen and you know, yeah. uh, the Dead Kennedys, it was a very samey genre. You know, <laughs> it's I, I guess when you kind of um, approach it from outside, it. But the point of the point of it was not to you know the point of it wasn't to you know I mean of course you the you know in music hit you know in. in historical yeah. context as far as like music you want to listen to the exceptions and the people that did something different yeah. but but it, the whole purpose of the point of it wasn't the music it was the the, the social event yeah. the, you know it was like the band the bands were just sort of there to yeah. give you a reason to rent out a VFW hall it's, so you could wear your weird clothes I mean that is that is, you know of all the of all the genres to now be having these um, these reunion tours it seems, seems like such a strange one to see like three black flags touring around and playing it's really interesting there. that whole thing it's really strange because that I mean that, that that is that is like of such a time period in their lives that you know now that they're I guess pushing 50 if not in their 50s it, it's just not <coughs> something you can revisit is it? apparently you can yeah and I mean I think I think that aspect of it is kind of is, is okay, although it's 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 um, definitely odd, and it's also like I mean one thing I I notice in Germany is like that it seems like the punk rockers get a lot older, and there's like a lot of like old punk rockers that are still at it. Yeah, we were but riding maybe through the forest. Maybe, we saw one of them. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the place, and they never give up. <laughs> but maybe you just don't see them as much in the U.S. But they but they are That's there because, like those guys are all there. And I mean, it, you know, is that are they, are they are those East I mean, Berliners? I mean, are are those people who still? No, like, it's just anybody. Any, okay. I mean, punk, you know, punk rock is just a big thing here. People are into it, and people are into it for life. I mean, I guess that's the the way it is everywhere I mean that's who the audiences are for yeah. Flag sure. are like all that it's not like young kids it's like old yeah. guys 
when I lived in Chicago and we would like set up you know I played in a punk band and, and we, we would always strive so hard to play all ages shows and like nobody under 27 would show up you know it was yeah. but it was just like the principle of the thing even though this is music for like 30 and over I, I guess you know in, in Granite like I've only been here for a week and I come to Germany once a year but I, I don't know that and you're saying that, that, that punk is, is big here but I don't know that I've seen it quite as co-opted as it seems to be in the States right now no, because it's less about a because it's more about the ideology. Yeah. Because it's like that's the, it's, the it's like all the all the good bands are from the U.S. But all the but the but the serious belief in the ideology is like that's the German forte, hmm. and they are just like into it. And they're into the politics, and they're into you know like you should go to the Kopi, the big squat, and you should check it out. It's it's like a apartment complex sized building. Oh, I think we totally, were past that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw some pirate flags in the windows. That's there's, right. I mean, there, and there's tons of these buildings. There's tons of like, and yeah. there's tons of like really, you know. And it's like, it's it's connect. It's like explicitly anti-fascist and like connected to, you know. I mean, there's also like Nazis and and uh, real serious right wingers organizing in yeah. Germany, and and it's like, you know, keeps those. It's like uh, I think it's. Um, not co-optable in the same way because it doesn't uh, because it hasn't given up certain um, themes and uh, ideas that are not mainstream presentable I mean you know punk in the US uh, that you know got into into you know it got co-opted by emo and it got acceptable to sing about your feelings yeah. and talk and, and be like have the have the look but not the, you know, not really Sound adhere to the edge. ideas, yeah. and that's and that's why it, you know, that's that's what makes it, yeah. that's what makes it easy to to fit into the mainstream. You know, I, I mean, I, I, the the whole like um, the whole like skating thing is like in the U.S. Really, you know, like punk is really connected to yeah to like uh, the Southern California, the Southern kinda, California yeah. kind of you know the Henry like, Rollins, yeah, yeah, like lifting weights, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Like being, you know, I mean, and that's you know, physical activity is good. Everybody should do it. Sure, but there's a certain amount of physical activity in, in punk rock. Yeah, it's like that's. I mean, it's it's like if you're in a pit and you look like Henry Rollins, you've got you know, you've got a bit of an advantage. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, the, the 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 right the right wing thing does surprise me a little bit just because. Um, so crazy. I, but yeah. I've always thought, you know, and again, this is coming from, uh, you know, my American view, but I've always thought that it was something I was suppressed legally here, you know, that there were obviously... Uh, a lot certain of, things are, like the, the swastika yeah. and the Hitler... The symbology salute, and... The specific, specifically things that evoke uh, the national social, you know, yeah. Nazis. But, you know, obviously right-wing ideas are, I mean, you can't have a free society and not permit the expression of... Sure, you know ideas to it, and well, you know, but it's. I mean, there's this uh, party, the NPD, the, the fascist party here, basically, and they're always sort of on the brink of being illegalized because of their connection to the fascist underground. I mean, I don't know if you know about this trial that's going on right now. Um, there's this National Socialist Underground uh, that was a terrorist group that uh, worked for about like 10 years, I think, uh, and assassinated a bunch of people, uh, like not important people, like shop owners, yeah. foreigners, basically. And um, 
and they did it. It's you know now it's now basically um, only one of the people is still alive. The others, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long story, yeah. but yeah. this woman is on trial, and it's like there's some amount of collusion by the authorities, mm. and uh, it's like it's a it's a it's a mess. And but the whole thing is you know they they were you know it's like in the in the seventies the weather underground or or the sure. SLA or you know these kind of left wing yeah. terror organizations, but it's like a right wing militant terror organization that's like you know going on in I mean in is Germany it, is it like you know is it like connecting the GOP to the KKK or are there actual like tangible connections between this it's like connecting the uh, it's um, it's it's more tangible than that but it's not tangible enough that uh, uh, that it's not tangible enough I guess that they're that they yeah. this party that you know runs people for for office, you know, that's running in the in the election, can be connected to. Yeah, it's like the yeah. National Front maybe. in uh, France, uh, in the UK. Yeah. Oh, in the UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right, right. Um, yeah. That's it's just uh, it's Not for obvious right. reasons. It's such a weird concept to have a democratic yeah. party that supports <laughs> fascism. Yeah, but I mean, that's the you know they're they're like doing like by whatever means necessary. Yeah, sure. You know, they're going to use the the ballot too. And they and you know it's like that's that's uh, how the Nazis got in. They they got you know they 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 did it too. And it's or I mean, in Greece, you know, it's like well, Greece. I mean, again, I mean, this is getting back to the the, the economics of the EU, but it makes more sense in Greece than it does in Germany, where people are reasonably prosperous, right? Well, that's why it's real. I mean, that's but the thing is, in Greece, they're they're like ten percent in Parliament, and yeah. and here they're not. In, you know, yeah. they're like yeah. you know they get they get like. Uh, some, some votes in the in the yeah. unis, but that's I mean that's 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 how like that's how the Nazis rise to power, right? Is well, so the economic situation yeah. gets worse, and then and then more radical ideas sound more sure. plausible. You find you find some scapegoats, and the whole thing is like really, um, you know, when I moved uh, to Germany, there was actually people, friends of mine in the U.S. that were like, you know, kind of like, man, it must be cool to like. You know, have a different citizenship and be able to like get rid of the U.S. baggage. You know, like the ba- the, all the guilt about imperialism. And, you know, and and I, I was amazed because it's like, yeah, like try try on a German identity. You know, like try that on for yeah. If you want to talk about baggage know. and guilt, right? I mean, I mean and it, and it's and and this you know German society is pretty. It's it's pretty wild what goes on here. But it's so. I mean, the thing. One of the things that really shocked me early on was just like. It's way. It seems to be way more integrated here than in you know even in big cities in the U.S. What's way more? You mean the like the, uh, just in terms of you know in, in terms of like racial makeup? I mean, uh, but it really depends on where. It really depends on what part of the city you're in, okay. and it's uh, so, you know there's the the center of Berlin is like that, and then as you get further out, it gets less like that, and there's also a lot of uh, tension with. Yeah. Foreigners. I mean, there's like a lot of, um, like a lot of hostility, to, and and sort of like a lot of public discourse about it that you would that would not fly in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know. But I always, am, I feel like it's so easy to get negative, and it, you know, every like, I try not to fall into this whole like the whole like. Um, German people are like this, and the German mentality sure. is like this. Sure. And 
and uh, it's just hard for me to kind of you know try to reconcile some of these things you know some some concepts that I have with what I'm actually seeing well I mean it just you, but you but also you know Berlin is a little bit of an oasis yeah it's like a fantasy land that's why it's nice to yeah and it is and it's you know I mean, it's true it's, it's like, like going to New York and using and using that as like the litmus test for the rest of the state yeah you go to New York and you don't get a sense of like racial harmony in uh, Iowa or something yeah. or in, yeah. in in Florida but I mean you know but it's also there's just a whole different story behind it and, and it's you know Europe is strange because it's just like these small pockets of people trying to like keep you know even just language wise yeah. everyone's just so elbowed up against each other and like trying to you know yeah is there um you know, did you get backlash early on when people realized that you're you're an American here? I mean, American culture is so 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 pervasive here. That's true, but are, are people you know do people? Uh, what, what, what is the feeling generally towards towards Americans here? Well, people have a I mean have a I think a love hate relation with America. Yeah, and I mean with American culture, it's mostly I mean most people are into it, and it is I mean. You know, there's a there's a reason that American culture pervades, and it's because we have some pretty good culture. <laughs> we like make some pretty good stuff. Yeah, and but it's usually like, I was saying, you know we have a, a British colleague who are having this conversation about like uh, the stuff that we export tends to be the really bad popular stuff. You know, it's the um, the reality shows and the, yeah, the yeah. pop music. Okay, but there's like the same variant. I mean. Like you know, we're, we're all we all still live in we all we're all living in Western capitalism and replicating the same forms, yeah. and it's not like there's traditional German culture that yeah. is being edged to the side. They're making reality shows too sure. in German, sure. so it's the the idea of like yeah, yeah. that America is like exporting this form. It's like global. It's a it's like you know it's the form that we may have gotten from yeah, or, the or British I mean, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, or you know, like, regardless of who started it, it like yeah. spreads viral. You know, you, you know, through technology, it's yeah. like it's like the the whole. Uh, you know, it's the the question is kind of like who's got TV reception and who doesn't. As, as, as we were talking about again, you're how you're staying in the country, the, the jobs that you're doing to stay here. Um, you mentioned that you're. It's not to comics. stay. In, it's not to stay in the country. I can or stay to in the stay country, on, but I guess it's just to, it's unemployment. Just, or? Well, yeah, yeah. It's just to like you know, I'm I'm like. Putting, I'm like putting in like a little bit of time in, into writing, putting a little time into the school, and you know, like so I look like a like an upstanding yeah. member of the society, and, you know. And, what, and so then and they let me, and then they just like. And you're teaching comics to young children. And I'm into comics, and uh, the thing is, like, I grew up in the '70s, and uh, you know, Marvel comics. I would go down to the gas station and like learn to draw from like Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Now it's like 2013. And Spider-Man is so huge. All the movies came out. Marvel is huge. I can draw all those characters, so I'm like a celebrity. Like all the kids, like the kids are like Thor, Iron yeah. Man, whatever. I can do it all. It's funny. And it blows their mind. They be, can't believe it. Because like you know, the, the, the comics that you you publish are like, and technically proficient isn't you know a phrase I would use to describe this. So either. You know, they're not. Uh, it's not like a Steve Ditko comic, right? No, I'm not claiming to be Steve Ditko either. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I can I can you know I I can do the basics. I mean I couldn't you know I I couldn't draw on an adult Marvel comics level. I couldn't. I don't think I could get hired by them. But I can do it convincingly for 
for these kids. So you're not. So are you are you teaching? Um, you know, because usually when I think about comics education, it's kind of this you know composition, storytelling, things like that. You're really really just teaching kids how to draw Spider-Man. No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to teach them how to do like sequential narrative okay. and that kind of stuff, but but um, but I'm also pretty you know. I mean, it's pretty intuitive, I think. Comics is not a... It's like caveman language. It's like cave drawing, you know? Yeah, and, I've and seen a lot of bad examples of it, though. I mean, you know, there's a, there's there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. To teach it or to draw? To draw. Well, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, but And to teach it. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the, the question... I mean, I think there's two things, which is kind of the um, quality, like, you know... Comics can be like great art, but it can also just be basic communication. In the same way that writing can be great literature, but it's also yeah. just like a functional tool, expressive tool. And you know, like the zine, for instance. You know, one of the things that really, uh, uh, one of the things that you know, a trademark of, of the zine is bad writing. You know, it's like anybody who wants to, you know, maybe the, the fanzine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like you don't have to, you know. It, it's like sometimes you just you know you just want to put something out there sure. or whatever blogging is probably the same you just want to like or punk, say or punk you know music, or really. punk, yeah punk music is the same thing you know you can be like uh, you know you could like yeah all those hardcore bands will be forgotten and you know but but it's a maybe a useful tool just to know how to yeah. to play you know play those three chords on guitar yeah. you know and and in the same way I think for me it's less of a I want to like teach uh, I, like I'm trying to. Um, you know, uh, facilitate an appreciation of an art form, and more. I'm just trying to to get uh, kids to express themselves. Yeah. Because it's it's because I think generally, like that for me, like is the is the thing that made me psyched when I was a kid is not not that I had you know that I discovered like oh I've got this you know drawing talent that allows me to like replicate something that I see, but but just that I can express myself in whatever way it was, you know, which is also, that's why punk worked for me because yeah. it very quickly allowed me to get my ideas across, you know, and so. What, what's, um, I was, I was trying to find some, some, some comic shops while I was in Berlin because I've always, I guess I've, I've, I've always lumped like a lot of Europe into this idea of them kind of being more progressive in terms of their view of comics and more, you know, being more part, more, more ingrained in the culture than it maybe is in the States. You should definitely go to this place, uh, Renata. It's like a comics shop. Uh, that's, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's like a, a guy, old German guy, started a zine <laughs> and, wow. and uh, sort of after the reunification and developed into yeah. a store and uh, it's got, like, the front of it is like all it's mostly local stuff Berlin stuff and huh. German artists and then the back room is like a comics library and they have like tons of stuff they have I mean they have like all different countries like a big English language section German East West German etc etc they have like sort of comic related events there it's, it's a really cool like that's like the yeah. alternative underground is there a, is there any kind of zine culture here it's pretty. It's not not very widespread. I was most like I would say it's mostly the personal zine is kind of like what didn't really happen here. I think, you know, and but there's more like the political music kind of yeah. thing. And then you know I think it's just generally, um, as a communication form, it's sort of you know the internet replaced 
the, the need sure. for the like by the time you got here too yeah, right yeah, and then yeah, four yeah, years yeah, ago yeah, all yeah. that was in place sure yeah yeah so i think there was probably like everywhere more yeah. of that stuff going on there you go. That was uh, that was Al Burian, uh, the author of Long Running and one of my personal favorite scenes of all time. Uh, Bird Collector, thank you so much to Al for taking the time to do that. Uh, I happened to be out in Germany for uh, a week, so he was uh, at the top of my list of, of interviews. So thanks thanks so much to him for, for taking the time to do that. We met uh, we met in the middle of the city at a cafe. It was a very very European experience. Uh, you know, talked about self publishing, talked about Nazis. That was my fault. Uh, being a Jewish American visiting Germany, it's kind of the one thing that I want to talk about. But uh, Al's got uh, Al's got a very unique perspective on on, on that subject matter. Uh, so thanks so much to him. Uh, he's got a, a, a ton of books, to, like lots lots and lots of collections. You can uh, you can go pick up um, right now. Uh, and uh, still uh, still still putting out the uh, the zine on a fairly regular basis. Uh, thank you so much to uh, thanks to Brian for editing this together. Um, thanks to uh, thanks to Todd for, for recording that and uh, for being a really fantastic uh, tour guide, bicyclist tour guide around Berlin. Uh, uh, thanks to Boing Boing for uh, for for hosting this. And uh, oh, speaking of hosts, thanks thanks to Hostgator for give, giving us money to to do a podcast. Super exciting. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, send us an email to riylcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Tumblr. It's also riylcast, but that's .tumblr.com. We try to keep it as, as easy as possible. Uh, got lots of lots and lots and lots of good interviews coming up. Um, we spoke to, to Peter Bag. We spoke to uh, Travis Morrison of, uh, of the Dismemberment Plan. That was a fun conversation. Um, RJD2, uh, lots of fans, well, lots of fantastic rather stuff coming up for you guys. So uh, stick around next week, and we'll have another episode of RIYL.